I'm no expert, but I think the trail goes this way. goes back to removing all those distractions and just being alone in the wilderness you know I really wanted to get to know myself and maybe push through some of the issues I've had in the past you know just yeah stress wise you know just the stress from work or you know the stress from school or whatever it is that keeps you up at night or you know whatever you're scared of or whatever makes you sad just all these things you know all yeah. the creases you want to iron out just you and the world you're born in that doesn't make you a good person you know I mean I don't know Welcome back to Sounds of the Trail. We are in Season 2, Episode 5, and I'm your host, Gizmo. I've been home from my thru-hike of the Arizona Trail for about a month now, and one thing that I've been thinking about a lot are the similarities between thru-hiking and producing a podcast. They both take a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of day-to-day commitment, and in both cases, sometimes you need a little support. So, before we get started... I want to thank Audible.com for supporting today's episode. And a great way that you can support me as well, and Sounds of the Trail, is by going to audible.com slash hikertalk for your own free 30-day trial of their audiobook services. should practice our, our our radio voices radio voices radio man. voices radio voice one two three one two radio okay radio. that sounds pretty good all right all right this is rumble junk i'm here with magic mike mm-hmm. from georgia yes magic mike i would say for visual people i don't know you're like a cross you like you look like a cross between like robert redford and kurt cobain would you say that's that good Someone told me the other day that I could be the caveman's brother. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think she was talking about the Geico guy. or the Really? You know, so easy a caveman could do it. And I was like, Shit. You don't look like a caveman at all. I was like, in my head, I was like, damn, that's rude. <laughs> that's rude. <laughs> but, no, no, you're, you're very blonde and, and redheaded beard. and mm, Like mm. Uh, Jeremiah Johnson. Have you ever seen that movie? Nope. But Robert Redford. Okay, okay. He lives, in the, he lives in the mountains for like ever. Right on. Anyway. Okay, so we've been hiking, uh, gosh. Two months. Two months. Yeah. 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 You started when? March 21st. March 21st. Okay. So you're on day 60... Something. Two? Three. <laughs> so in that time, I bet you've gone through quite a bit of stuff. Yeah. Yeah? Let's talk about some of that. All right. How about, just like what goes through your mind in a typical day when you're hiking? <laughs> You know, it's funny because... What do you think about? What do you think about <laughs> as, as Kurt Cobain or Robert Redford? Uh, you know, it's funny because you're alone with your thoughts and people, I think people assume, you know, that you're just, you're hiking all the time and you're constantly thinking about hiking. Yeah. But for me, that's not what it is. You know, I just, I think about anything, you know, my mind wanders. Sometimes I, sp- I sometimes I space out so much, you know, cause you're just zone, you know, you're in your zone and yeah. you're just you know, thinking about 
anything you're thinking about, you know, movies or whatever, you, you know, sometimes your mind goes back home, sometimes you think about the end. And But the point is that I try not to think about much while I'm hiking because there's so much to take in yeah. while I'm hiking. So I really try to just think about what I'm doing right then. You yeah. know? <laughs> Do you ever sing to yourself? I sing to myself sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. But, you know. You ever make up lyrics to songs? <laughs> <laughs> a little. I mean. Yeah. yeah. How artistic would you say you get? Like, do you get, like, create? Do you start thinking about, you know, I don't know, businesses to start? Or, like, yes. like I don't know if you draw or write or paint or anything. Yeah. But. You'll st- I'll start scheming, you know, thinking yeah. of ways to do this or that or, you know. Like rob a bank? Do you ever think about robbing a bank? <laughs> I have. I have. I have thought about robbing a bank just because, you know, I have such terrible anxiety. I see people do it. I'm just like, damn, how do you even? I would be a nervous wreck <laughs> on the way to rob the bank. I'm like, I can't do this, guys. Yeah, so would you say that, like, what goes through your mind today is different than when you first started? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. People, uh, I would go so far as to say, like, it is impossible to do something like this and not change. Yeah. It's your entire thought process. Everything changes. So, yeah, definitely thinking about different stuff now. And, you know, I'm sure the further I go, the dip- you know, I keep thinking about different stuff, you know. What were some of the things you would think about at the beginning? In the very beginning, yeah. uh, it seems like I thought a lot about the very end, you know? Oh, it's yeah. like as you're soon as you, on the, as soon as you start, you're like, oh, I'm in the zone, I'm going to Katahdin, I'm going to Maine. And, you know, it's just, yeah. it's a long time out here, man. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> kind of start realizing you maybe should think about some other stuff along the ways or else you're just going to get so dogged out. Right. You're going to realize how far off that dream is. So, like we were talking about earlier, setting little mini goals, you know, yeah. trying to think about tomorrow, not six months from now. Yeah, it is overwhelming, I guess, when you think about completing something that's not just six months from now, but, you know, an entire country to get through. Five, mi- <laughs> five million steps. I heard yeah. that somewhere. Don't know if that's true, but... Sounds, I think it was Bryson. I think Bryson sounds, said that. Sounds like I don't know it if could you, be right. Yeah, sure. it might I don't be. Know. I, yeah, I haven't counted my steps. I have no idea. <laughs> but I'll trust it. I'll trust it. So in that, so in this time, in these sixty-something days, and all these thoughts that you think of, you know, have you noticed like a shift in just the way you think in general? Things that have changed inside you. Hmm. Have you are you a better person now? Yes, I think everybody. <laughs> I think really, I think everybody benefits from this kind of environment. Yeah. You take away all the distractions, and it's just you and the world you're born in, you know. You know, if that doesn't make you a good person, you know, I mean, I don't know. But for sure. Yeah. Definitely a change in things that you'll view as important. You know, I'm sure everybody, everybody, before they leave for the trail, it's crunch time. You know, you try to prepare. You try to enjoy all those things you hold dear. And you try to do what you want to do as much as you can before you go. And I think more often than not, once people are out here alone for a while, they kind of change what they think is important. And they think, man, you know, I should maybe I should have done this instead. Or, no, nah, that really wasn't so important, you know. Yeah. So if you don't mind me asking, what is something that you think is more important now? now that you've mm. been out on it? If you don't mind sharing. No, if of it's, course. <laughs> if it's, uh, yeah. Memories. Friends, friends and family. The things that you do, not the things that you have or... You know, 
For example, when I was coming out here, I had all my possessions. I had to put everything I owned into storage. My entire life is in a storage unit back home in nowhere, Georgia. And, you know, I just realized I have all this shit. You know, and it's just all this stuff that doesn't matter. It's just stuff. So what's important is the things that you can carry with you, you know, and it's the memories you have. Yeah. That's it. You know, that's what's important. Yeah. When you first started the trip, was there something that you wanted to get out of it or were you just wanting to hike? Oh, you know, I sake of hiking. Oh, I can definitely name. Were you running from the law, Mike? I am not running from the law. I'm not running from the law, but you know, there's more than one reason why I'm out here. But you know, I definitely hope to gain a lot of insight, you know, into myself. And you know, I uh, it goes back to removing all those distractions and just being alone in the wilderness. You know, I really wanted to get to know myself and maybe push through some of the issues I've had in the past. You know, just yeah stress-wise, you know, just the stress from work or, you know, the stress from school or whatever it is that keeps you up at night or, you know, whatever you're scared of or whatever makes you sad, just all these things, you know, all yeah. the creases you want to iron out, you know? Yeah. That is a goal. What about, like, I don't know, like stupid body stuff, like... Yeah, I wanted to lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't want to or lose just, weight? I, I've discovered that I... uh I smell way differently yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I'm out in the woods than I do in real life or, you know, city life or whatever. Like, the smells that my body produces is pretty crazy. And Everyone that seems me to first. not care. <laughs> it bothered me at first. I will not yeah. lie. When I first came out here, I mean, I didn't even bring deodorant. I knew how it was. You didn't bring any deodorant? A lot of people start with, like, stuff like perfume mm-hmm. and deodorant. A lot of people started, you know. I knew better than that, but I, I will admit, I was genuinely bothered. You know, like, I felt awkward being around people, because, you yeah. know, like, they smell me. I felt, you know, just, I would just be sitting there in my tent, like, damn, I stink, you know, <laughs> like, you know, I just can't put up with myself. <laughs> and I've always been a really clean person, you know, yeah. daily cologne wearer, if you will, you know, it's just yeah. the kind of person I was. But I will say now, I am a lot more comfortable just with my natural odor. It's just what we're supposed to smell like. Yeah. And it, and it, and it. The smell didn't die down, but we're all used to it. <laughs> we're, we're all used to it. I can see other people's faces when they smell me, I know. But Yeah, there is that little bit of guilt, you know, when you get on like a bus or mm-hmm. a shovel or you, you mm-hmm. go into a restaurant, you haven't showered yet. Mm-hmm. And you it's just funny. Like apologize in your mind. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about it's this. It's funny when you're hiking and you pass somebody going the other direction that's like just a day hiker. Oh yeah, they smell you, amazing. Yeah, right? you can you can smell their laundry detergent. They get a brief smell of me as well as they pass by. <laughs> and so that this person's never going to meet me again. But from what they got to know, I just smell like shit, you know? Yeah, they, they know we, we live in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we know they're going home to a mattress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm trying to think of, you know, smells are definitely an obvious thing that, like, I, uh, I notice about myself. And it's just kind of the behavior about... I don't know, just like changing in front of people and like being comfortable with your body in general, being comfortable with like, um, I know all that stuff for me kind of, um, uh, was interesting to see, you know, people like having a 65 year old man, like strip all of his clothes off in front of you was kind of shocking one time in a shelter. (laughs) Living the dream, right? You know, just living the dream. I'm just like, damn. And so it makes you realize like, yeah, there's nothing to really you know, freak out about it. It's just part of it. 
It's always a little, it's always a little unnerving, you know, when, when something out of the norm happens, especially when it has to do with, you know, bodily functions mm-hmm. or nudity or just thoughts from the brain that you don't normally deal with in, in normal society. So yeah, it is like a bit of a self-challenge and it is freeing and it's kind of, it's funny that you kind of say it like when we come out here and, and you find freedom and it's weird that we as humans find freedom whereas like in our normal life it's like there's so much restriction we don't even realize it you know mm-hmm. so many things that just like as free as we feel in normal life when you come out here it's like we're even more pure animal and it's <laughs> and it's very uh i think it's pretty awesome no it's you know i mean it's funny no i did you know like I said, I, yeah, I did trim a lot of body hair, and you know, I didn't even have a beard when I came out here. But I just no, mm-mm. oh I, man. Well, I started like January, so so yeah, I started a few months before I came out here. But no, oh, okay. not too long before here, I was naked as a babe. You know, just yeah. like, you know, I didn't. I'm not fond of body hair, but that's another thing that's changed. And totally now you're Kurt Cobain and Robert Redford. <laughs> yeah, I'm just totally comfortable <laughs> with it. You know, like yeah. chest hair, back hair, whatever. It's just you know. Do you think you'll uh, you think you'll keep it going? I think I will. Trail? Just I let it grow. Let everything grow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if you know. I, that's kind of a question on my mind: is how much you take the trail home with you? Mm. You know, after. Will you wear deodorant? When you <laughs> yeah. Will you wear deodorant? Will you just change randomly in front of people? <laughs> will you just? Uh, will walk, you talk about will your you just, poop all the time? Yeah. Will you just stop <laughs> stop randomly and piss? Like, <laughs> yeah. Give me a second. I'm gonna piss. I'm actually slightly nervous about that. I'm I'm afraid that when I go back home, I'm just gonna pee in my yard all the time. There's <laughs> another thing out here though. Poop is another thing out here that a lot of people <laughs> have to change. I mean, so much. You know, yeah. taking a shit is like. Like, it can be the highlight of your day. Yeah, that's a big thing for a lot of people. People plan their days around their shit. Yeah. And just the whole idea that you can just pretty much stop and shit wherever you want. But here's the thing. Like you said, no privacy, you know. You're going to be with like a group of ten people and you're going to stand up and they're going to watch you walk up into the woods. You know, they're going to know. That guy's going to shit, you know. Yeah, I remember uh, a couple of times when I've been on trail and I, and I had the poop. I'm like, I know somebody's right behind me. Probably some more people. And so I would like venture off into the woods, I'd dig a hole, and I'd look for him, and I'd see him. I'd watch one person passing, and I'm like, I hope they don't see me. <laughs> <laughs> no. And watching somebody walk by as you're pooping is a very new experience for me. I've never... See, that is one thing. It is still something <laughs> I need to be alone to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, if I had to, I would, but I definitely would choose privacy. And it's funny. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I managed to sleuth away and do it, but I almost always run into somebody on the way back. And you think they would know by now, but they're always like, what are you doing? What are you doing out there, you know? And I got to say, uh, like, yeah. no, I just randomly wanted to walk, you know, a couple of yards. That's important paperwork. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of things. Lots of things happening. Emails uh, to solve. Yeah. yeah. How did you hike when you first started hiking this trip versus hiking now? Did you hike in a group when you first started? No, I had one friend sending me, sending me off, you know, just hiking a few miles with me. But for whatever reason, I mean, I just can't seem to get a group, you know. You've seen the groups out here, 10 plus people. I don't really see how somebody is conforming there. Somebody is either <laughs> slowing down or busting their ass to keep up, you know. And yeah. it'd be great if, you know, I could find a couple guys that would just exactly match to my pace. But It's interesting. I've never, I mean, I started this trip by myself as well, and... I've never really wanted to hike with a group, 
because it always makes me feel like I'm either trying to keep up with somebody or somebody's mm-hmm. trying to keep up with me. And then you have to like try to maybe make conversation when you don't want to. That's another you know, awkward or, thing. I can talk and walk. Yeah. I can. I can. And so every now and then I do like walking with one other person just for conversation. I feel like it does make the day go yeah. by. But you can tell when you're holding a conversation with someone and they're just, their replies are getting shorter <laughs> and shorter. And then they're like yeah. <sighs> breathing heavy. You know, you can tell. Or or here's the thing when someone's behind you and they'll they'll slow down and you're like, why is that person slowing down? It's because they don't want to talk to you. <laughs> They're trying to wait for you to keep going and leave them alone, you know? Right. And, you know, that's a big fear a lot of people have. They don't want, like, someone to stick to them, you know? Because they're like, what are you going to do? You're, you're going the same direction as that person for six months. You know? Yeah, and, you know, and for me, I don't mind hiking with somebody for a while, for even a whole day, but, like, on the whole, yeah, sometimes I just like to do weird things. Like, I stop at random places... I, you know, sit there and take drinks of water, or I just, I just mosey, mm-hmm. you know, and Mosey is good. I don't want to, I don't want somebody else just kind of, you know, being stuck to that pace. And, and yeah, so the, so the groups are kind of, for me, the groups are fun when you get to a shelter or a town or something. Yeah. You see a lot of the same people and they're cool to hang out with and talk to. Oh, I was going to ask you, do you, you don't ever like listen to music or I do. Do you? Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I do. Did you always, or? No, I didn't. I didn't. I went a couple hundred miles without listening to a single song, you know? Yeah. And then, I hate to say it, and this is going to blow a lot of people's minds, but sometimes, I get bored out here, you know? <laughs> I get bored. I'm you doing, don't say. I'm doing the same thing all day, every day, and it's beautiful. It's fucking beautiful. It's another, it's another gorgeous view. The point is, though, I'm bored. You know, and so <laughs> it gets monotonous. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. And, but you know, you got to be careful. It's really important to be aware of your surroundings. You know, if you can't hear anything, but I do it anyways. When would you say you started listening to music, and what made you decide to start? I got bored. Just got yeah, bored. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I just wanted something <clears throat> to help me at the end of the day, or not necessarily, not always because I'm bored. At the end of the day, when you're feeling sluggish and for the same reason why people listen to music when they're working out or something, yeah. you know, just to get that drive. Another reason I listen to it sometimes is if my backpack is exceptionally noisy that day, <laughs> like it's creaking every time I step, that will make me, throws, come, throws that will make me come undone. And so I just have to drown that out one way or another. Yeah, and back when I was section hunky, you know, I've been on the AT on and off for six or seven years, you know. I used to talk sh- on people who listen, like, why are you even out here? Like, I could never listen to music out here, but I'm listening to uh, I'm listening to music while I hike. I'm watching movies in my tent. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, yeah, you know, it's nature is awesome, but you know, yeah, there's a couple people that do that with, with movies in their tent. Oh, and, yeah, I mostly know, read, but I definitely treat myself. I, I like to do like maybe one movie between towns, you know, just yeah, reading is definitely the big, the big thing though. Is that something that you thought you were going to do before you set off? Or is it something? Reading? Uh, watching movies, reading. Re- did you think you were going to like uh, you know, have as thought, much technology? In, yeah, in the, the thought was or? definitely there. Like, for example, I brought headphones with me because I knew at some point I definitely would want it. But yeah. um, I didn't think I was going to be using it as much. I did have this preconceived notion that I was just going to push away Facebook and Instagram yeah. and, you know, just leave the phone for emergencies. And But, you know, that's not what happened. <laughs> I thought I would. I thought I would kind of 
basically give up my technology altogether, and that didn't happen at all. <laughs> I mean, I've got more tech than some, you know. I've got my, my camera, my GoPro, you know, and then, you know, the phone, and then all the chargers and the extra batteries, you know, and really, right. I probably got a... I haven't even weighed it, but I guess I, guess I got I guess I got like a pound and a half of gizmos, really, you know. Yeah, did you bring anything with you originally that you thought you would use and then you just ditched? Yeah, okay, um... Like, clothing-wise, a lot of people bring way too much clothing. I mean, the only thing that I have that you need multiples of, socks and underwear. Like, really, other than that. Oh, definitely underwear. Have you ever sharded your underwear yet? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit. That is Maybe the worst. a little bit. Look, oh, for those that are listening, that think, what? Look, you, until you've had dire in the woods... In the woods is already a whole other set of complicated <laughs> rules, but diary in the woods. Oh man, don't judge. Well, Magic Mike, aka Robert Redford, Kurt Cobain's love child. <laughs> uh, thanks for talking to us, and uh, we'll sure. see you up the trail, man. Right on. I'm glad that Magic Mike brought up the issue of tech on trail. I have to say, I'm not a huge headphones person on my own through hikes. Most of the time, I prefer to just think and walk. That said, there is inevitably that day that you wake up on the wrong side of your air mattress, full of grumbles and bad attitudes and complaints. And that's the day when I'll pop in my headphones, put on an audiobook, and get through the tough part of the day in a different world. My favorite author to turn to in audiobooks is Charles Dickens, and I actually disliked his books in school, and that was probably because I didn't have the brilliant narrators of Audible.com to bring all of Dickens' characters to life. I remember a few days of hiking through Northern California where I was having a particularly hard time, but was saved by a tale of two cities. Better the French Revolution than one more thought about my feet. Anyhow, to show your support for Sounds of the Trail, head over to audible.com slash hikertalk, and you can download your own Charles Dickens novel for free with your free 30-day trial of audible.com. And thanks. Our next segment is another check-in from Homework, who is out on the Continental Divide. It's not just first-time thru-hikers that are learning things about the trail and about themselves. I'm sort of inclined to think that every trail is different every time. Let's hear what homework is up to. It's homework here. It's um, almost 7 a.m. in the morning, around mile 500 on the CDT. I'm sitting next to Gooseberry Springs, waiting for my hiking partner to catch up. Last night was the first night we camped apart. He had to stay in town to do some phone interview business, and I decided to take off so I wouldn't spend money in town and get a little head start. So yeah, that was pretty interesting. It was the first time in 24 days that we have hiked separately. And it was kind of lonely, <laughs> but um, it was also you know nice to have some completely solo thought space and I wanted to share with you since it's day 24 some lessons and mistakes I've made so far on the trail thinking back to the beginning I think you know more of the hiking technical lessons was we're just pushing too hard too fast um, of course we had to get to water sources so there really wasn't a choice but I think we could have slowed our roll just a tiny bit because of that I got some bruises behind my knees and took uh t took a zero in one of the first towns right off the bat which was 
not super good for morale. I ended up dropping some money to go see a physical therapist in town to make sure it was all good. We, you know, went on Google and saw these scary things that could have been like a muscle breakdown, kidney failure <laughs> type thing. So I decided to check it out and get that peace of mind. I'm glad I did. Other lessons, technical lessons or quirky lessons of the trail have been just getting to know the water sources out here. If you're going northbound on the CDT, you're starting in the desert. And especially we started on a different route called the Columbus route, which isn't as well known or well traveled. So we didn't have a lot of information on point to carry five liters which is really heavy when you're you know getting your hiking legs on and then pass a really nice water source and be kind of bummed about that <laughs> other lessons we have come across some water sources which obviously belong to the cows and we tromp in there like we own the place down and, and trample us and it was like throwing dirt on itself and kind of like you know kicking its leg and it was keeping an eye on us so that was a pretty interesting one a little sketchy I told my hiking partner I'd watch the bowl while he ran and got water <laughs> other learning lessons I mean it's just been interesting hiking in a, a partnership I did the PCT solo and yeah, I never, you know, hiked in groups or anything like that. It was a very solo experience for me, and I think that's what I needed and kind of the way my personality leans. But on this trail, you know, I haven't left my hiking partner's side, and especially in the first couple of weeks, there's a lot of adjustment to that, not having solo time to recharge, sharing thought space. He's a, he's a, a verbal processor, so he kind of thinks out loud. I am not, and... I also have a hard time with, with that sometimes. It's kind of like, get out of my head. I'm trying to, you know, pack my pack. I don't need to hear how you're packing your pack, that kind of thing. It's been a really great exercise, just letting that go and not letting it bother me. And honestly, you know, now that I'm away from him, you know, in these little windows of time, I miss it. <laughs> I miss the chatter, you know. For all the challenges that there is hiking with somebody, it is also... that just totally make up for any moments that are hard. Yeah, just joking around, you know, just <laughs> using hillbilly accents and, yeah, just random stuff. I don't even know if I should share because you probably won't get it. I will share one story that may or may not be funny. It was hilarious to us. I still laugh thinking about it. But we were walking down this canyon road and it was really dusty and ranchers would drive by at like 70 miles per hour once in a while and just totally dust us. I don't think they were trying to be mean. I think they just didn't really realize what they were doing. <laughs> so we woke up one morning and there was this pile of like fur. It was like an abandoned pelt or something. It was kind of ugly looking, pretty big. Could have worn it like a poncho. And my hiking partner's like, well, I've got an idea. Why don't we put that over our heads? And then when cars drive by, we'll kind of like awkwardly like walk out towards them with the pelt on our head and freak them out <laughs> to make them slow down. And I was like, well, 
I think that may work, but it also may, like, you know, they may shoot at us. They may, like, drive off the side of the road. But, I don't know, we just stood there for five minutes before we started walking, just laughing, imagining this. And that's been a pretty cool personal insight, just being reminded of how other people bring laughter. And it makes all the other challenges just so worth it. Other lessons... I don't know. I feel like every day is a lesson. <laughs> you know, this, you, you start to learn the terrain and the maps and all the technical skills and fine tune everything. And, you know, that's a part of it. But all the interpersonal lessons are so much more powerful. It's a learning experience about yourself just as much as it is about, you know, this area and the trail and everything. So that's all I got so far. It's only day 24. So we'll have to maybe check in in a couple months. <laughs> so it turns out there are a couple big similarities between the Arizona Trail and the southern part of the Continental Divide Trail. For one, the water sources are terrible. Unreliable, far apart, frequently with floating dead birds. Also, you have to share them with cows. Dead bird water is one thing. I have drank plenty of that, but I am terrified of cows. People laugh at me when I say this, and that's how I know that they have never been charged by a bull while out hiking. I know. So having to walk through miles and miles of open grazing land and to walk straight through herd after herd of cattle completely alone was a really hard and scary part of hiking the Arizona Trail for me. I eventually had this whole repertoire of songs that I would sing to the cattle to keep them and myself calm. And I won't sing them to you, but will say that all the lyrics revolved around friendly cows. Friendly, friendly, friendly cows. For the love of God, please be friendly cows. You get the idea. Over on the Pacific Crest Trail, our hikers are fortunately not having to learn any lessons about cows. So what do they have going on in their headspace? Morning Glory, also known as Kim, checks in with us about what's been going on in her mind after a month on trail. This is Kim, and I'm sitting trailside. I'm at 574, and it's just been a really, really nice day. Quite a bit of uphill, but kind of now on the downhill, only about nine miles until I'm going to camp at a water source tonight. Just thinking a lot about time, because on the trail, you, you constantly think about time. What time am I going to get up? How far am I going to hike? Like, how many hours am I going to hike? What time am I going to set up, you know, my campsite, and just... Thinking a lot about time, it's it's interesting. I hike at about a three miles per hour pace. And so sometimes on really, really hard days when I know I only have three miles to go and I only have an hour, I, I think about sometimes that last hour of the work day and being in education. The last hour of school is always really hectic. It's really chaotic. There's a lot of things to get done before kids go home, before parents come, before the next day. And sometimes on really, really rough days, I would think, you know, I could just sit at my desk and do nothing. And the end of the school day will still come. Whether or not I do anything, like time is going to elapse and the clock is going to click 
to five o'clock when the school day ends. And it's so interesting being on the trail because you can't have that mentality. If you only have, you know, an hour more of hiking and you don't do anything, you're not going to get anywhere. And so it's just, it's so interesting. And, and I, I never just sat there for an hour because there were always so many things to do. But I always thought about that, you know, like this is so stressful. I could just sit here and do nothing. And, and, and would it really, you know, be an issue? And I don't know because I, I never didn't do anything for an hour at work. But it's just so interesting on the trail, the idea that you like have to always keep going and you have to always be working. I guess the trail has just been, it's been a lot harder than I thought it would be. Definitely a lot more challenging. But with all that being said, I've grown way more than I ever, ever imagined I would grow just emotionally and mentally and just being able to overcome obstacles and not giving up. So it's been a really great experience. I'm about 100 in 30, 35 miles um, to Kennedy Meadows, and I'm excited um, to see a change of pace and to have something different, to have snow and have the high Sierras and just have such a different type of beauty than the desert. I have come to actually love the desert. The flowers are definitely like my favorite part of the desert. There's just so many different types and they're big, they're small. It's, it's, they're like super low to the ground. Some are super high with long stems. It's just, it's so unique, the diversity of the flowers in the desert. And I kind of wasn't prepared for that. And I've just really grown to love actually like ridge walks where you can look back and you can see like how far you've walked and how far you've come. And I actually enjoy being able to like see someone on the other side of the ridge and be like, okay, that's where the trail is. That's where I'm heading. So one month down, I'm loving it, excited for four months and excited for what's to come and just more time to be able to think. I've thought a lot about time and just the value of time. My dad wants to join me on the trail and, you know, I had to really, really think about it because I knew that he wouldn't be able to hike at a three mile per hour pace. And I knew that he probably wouldn't be able to pull 20 miles per day. But that time of having my dad with me on the trail, like that's so valuable. And even if we only hike five, six miles a day, like that is just such valuable time with him in such a special place doing something so neat together that again, it's just like the value of time and the value of relationships and having time for relationships. I took two days off in LA to actually go and see my old students and to see really, really close friends and also their parents and, and just a lot of people who mean the world to me in Los Angeles. And it was nerve-wracking taking two days off because the trail family that I've kind of joined with, they weren't going to be taking two zero days. And I chose to take two zeros, which meant potentially that I might never catch back up to them again. And I can't even put words on, on how much that time with, with people who are special and important to me in my life, that time with them in L.A. meant. And I think I've just already discovered in a month on the trail that, like, I need to change my life to have more time for relationships. And I need to change my life after the trail to be able to give time um, for relationships and, and just time. Time, time to do what makes us the most happy and not that my job didn't make me happy. I, I absolutely loved working in education and working with students and their families. But 
you know, in a school day, there's no way I had enough time for the 480 students that I that I worked with. And so just doing something where I have meaningful time with others, I think, is kind of what I'm thinking about and what I'm looking for now in my life. So that's a little bit of what I think about on the trail. I also think a lot about just like my past and a lot about my future. I'm actually going to celebrate my 31st birthday in less than a month on the trail. So just thinking about, you know, going into into my 30s, deeper into my 30s. What do I want to do and who do I want to be and, and where do I even want to live? I think... I think I want to live somewhere smaller and slower and more slow paced than Los Angeles. Los Angeles is go, 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 go. And the seconds click by so fast. And so I think I might be moving more, more towards the coast and more towards potentially the ocean and somewhere where you can see time elapse in the waves and you can spend time on the beach. <laughs> I miss the beach sitting here in the middle of the desert. Definitely miss the water and miss the beach. So we'll see. That is Morning Glory checking in. Kim Vodder checking in from mile 573 just outside of Tehachapi. One thing that seems to be a recurring theme for a lot of hikers is thoughts of people at home. I like to think about friends at home and wonder what they're doing right now at this moment. And I wonder if they're happy or if they're tired. And I think about all the good times we've had together. I always wonder if they have any idea how much I, I think about them when I'm out on the trail. And I know I'm not the only one, since our Appalachian Trail hikers have brought it up as well. Let's skip back over to the Appalachian Trail to hear from Wanderer as he interviews fellow hiker El Tejano. Hi, this is Wanderer for Sounds of the Trail. I'm on mile 818 of the Appalachian Trail at a campsite called Piney River. We got a crackling fire going, which is really nice because even though it's May 15th, it's uh, pretty chilly out here. So I'm going to start by having El Tejano introduce himself. Hello, good evening. My name is El Tejano. That's my trail name, of course. My real name is Oscar Chapa. I am from Baytown, Texas, which is just 30 minutes east of the big city of Houston. And how old are you? I am 57, and uh, this was on my bucket list to do. I retired this past summer, and uh, my wife told me I better do it before I get too old. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned your wife saying, do it before you get too old, but... How did the conversation go when you told her that this is something you wanted to do this year? She knew I was reading the books of the Appalachian Trail and uh, I was looking up gear and she asked me if I was serious about it and that was maybe four years ago. I, I told her I think that I was. I think I could. She goes, she asked me if I thought I could do it and I said yes, without a doubt, unless I got hurt. I stay in pretty good shape. I run. I haven't had any major injuries or, or knee problems, so I, I figured I, I could be able to do it. But, of course, I, I, I was a little ignorant of a lot of things of backpacking at the time. I was overconfident. It takes a lot more than I thought. Eight weeks in, what have you learned, first of all, about yourself? Well, let me, let me start by saying, after eight weeks, 
when you're on the trail, obviously there's a lot of miles when you're hiking with fellow hikers, but there's a lot of times where you're just on your own. What do you think about all day? <laughs> it's funny you should ask that. I, uh, I, I do keep a blog. My wife helps me with it. And one of the things I put in there is that I could write a book on the things that I think about while I'm hiking. You have a lot of solitude. Even, even if you, you come with uh, people and you're with them most of the time, you, you, you hike by yourself a lot. A lot of thoughts go through your head. Uh, of course, I miss my wife, my grandchild, my children, my stepchildren. They're all over the United States. I wonder what they do, what they're doing at that moment. I think about bringing them for a family vacation and doing some hiking, some trail maintenance, some trail magic. I think about renovating my house. I've had a great idea for a new uh, walk-in wine closet, but... Uh, if, if you want details on that, you can read my blog. <laughs> my wife's not quite going for it. Has your thinking changed since you began the trip? Yes. It's, it's more difficult than I thought, but, but sometimes it's easier than you think. It's, it's hard to explain. I, I feel that I'm, well, I've lost a, a lot of weight. I started out at 182 pounds. I'm at 156 now. I really didn't think I, I could lose that much weight, but I'm lighter. I feel that I'm stronger. My pack is getting lighter because I'm getting a little smarter. I have uh, changed some gear. But I realize that I, I just can't keep up with certain people. It's, it's funny when they say hike your own hike. It's kind of cliche, but it's very true. I've learned uh, a lot about gear, and I still have some more thoughts on uh, reducing my weight, especially when I walk behind you and I see that big old pack on your back uh, Juan yeah. Durer <laughs> I definitely have to get rid of some stuff <laughs> I need a shakedown soon yes. <laughs> after 800 miles is there anything in particular about your mindset or your attitude that's changed or what have you learned about yourself in these 800 miles really nothing different I'm, I'm not one of those that's uh, is trying to change something in their life or trying to figure something out uh, a lot of younger people are in transition, whether it's from college or, or from a job that they got laid off from, and they decide to do the trail. It's a great opportunity to do it and a, a lot of time to think and uh, see what they really want. But I'm, I'm not one of those. I, I have a wonderful family, a good life. Uh, I had a great job that I left a little early just because I have a lot of things that I want to do that, that are time-consuming. But the reason I'm out here is I love nature. And I love a physical challenge. Believe me, I'm getting a lot of both. And I'm, I'm realizing that it, it is harder than I thought. It's tougher than I thought. I thought the downhills would be a breeze, but that's even worse on my body than the, the uphills. So Yeah, I hear you on that. It's just like taking a toll on my knees. And uh, when I look at the elevation plans in the AWOL book, I kind of look forward to the uphills more than the downhills. <laughs> yes, They're exactly. just much easier just on my knees. You're retired. What, what else is on your bucket list that you want to do? Physical things. I, I want to climb Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Fuji in Japan. And uh, there's also a hike in Costa Rica where you can hike up to this mountain and on a clear day you can see both oceans. And it's the only place you can do that. And then something simpler is that I want to spend more time with my mother and cook with her and learn her recipes, something I failed to do with my father before he passed. So I really want to take advantage of that. And, uh, and also I have children all over the United States. I want to spend a little more time with them, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, actually go visit them and, 
And of course, I have a grandson that's uh, three and a half years old, and uh, I definitely have been spending more time with him. But this, but this uh, little jaunt of mine has just kept me away from that. Yeah. But uh, I will make up that time later. You did mention your wife was somewhere spectacular this week. <laughs> yes. uh, you you want to tell uh, the listeners where you could have been, but yeah. you choose not to because you want to stay on the trail. <laughs> yeah, my wife is a dentist and she also retired around the same time I did. And uh, unlike me, she still keeps practicing doing mission trips. And also right now she's in Montserrat, which is an island in the Caribbean. She's working for the government there and she's doing dentistry for a month. And they gave her a two-bedroom apartment, a car. They flew her there. I could be there right now instead of in my down jacket trying to keep warm. Huddling <laughs> <laughs> by the fire just trying to keep yeah. warm. <laughs> so El Tejano has a blog if you'd like to check it out. It's at trailjournals.com slash El Tejano. And that's E-L-T-E-J-A-N-O. And as he would remind you, that means the Texan. I'll post the link on our website as well, which is soundsofthetrail.com. We'll wrap up today's episode with another interview from Morning Glory with a few fellow hikers out on the Pacific Crest Trail telling us what they have learned about themselves at the end of a long day, all crammed into one person's tent. Let's hear from Morning Glory. This is Morning Glory um, on the Pacific Crest Trail. We're at mile marker 622, and I we are actually sheltered in my Big Agnes two-person tent um, because there's crazy wind outside, but I'm camping with two awesome rad guys tonight, and so I asked them to come cram into my tent so that I could interview them and ask them some questions about their experience on the trail. So I'll let you guys introduce yourself. Do you want to go first to my left? Yeah, should I like... What, what should I say about myself? Yeah, well, what's your name? I'm Rafiki. Rafiki. How'd you get your trail name? Just kind of like talking about spirit animals, stuff like that. Okay. Baboon came up. Okay. And where are you from originally? I'm from Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 23. Okay. Wow. This is like a dating <laughs> profile that we're Are you single? Yeah. Okay. There you go. And what brought you to the Pacific Crest Trail? It was kind of like a progression. It's just kind of like the next trail to go explore, and I've been in the West Coast too much, so. Okay. Yeah. So you say the next trail, you've yeah. done the AT? I did get a chance to do the AT a couple of years ago, yeah. Okay. Very cool. And do you want to introduce yourself? Absolutely. I'm 2%. Uh, I got my trail name because back in the day in college, I used to drink a lot of milk, like 12 gallons of milk a week at one point, so 2% like the milk. I'm from Rochester, New York. I'm 26. I'm also single. <laughs> and I don't know, Pacific Crest Trail. I just came out here because I thought it'd be awesome to hike it. Okay. What is it that you guys think about all day when you guys are hiking? Being two single men. <laughs> what is it that you think about all day? Other than whether there's some lovely ladies up ahead. I don't know. I think about life, how much my feet hurt, you know, depending on the day, thinking about the, the beautiful scenery around me a lot. I don't know, it's just kind of like anything, whatever pops into my head, like what X-Men could beat other X-Men. It really just like, really could be anything, you know, at any moment. It's just like feeling from a deck of cards. You never know what you're going to get. 
Yeah. Oh, man, for me, it's hard. Like, every day, it's a different story. Like, my mind just flies everywhere. I, I, like, usually listen to music, but I tried to, like, not listen to music on this through hike to just let my mind, like, wander. And it's been, it's been crazy. Like, normally, I'm just, like, my feet hurt. It's hot. I say, I say it's hot in my mind a lot. And, like, I'm thirsty <laughs> and stuff. But, like, there's other times where I'm just, like, like just crazy thi- I don't know. What's something crazy? That- we passed, like, a sign that said, like, a hundred kilo- or a thousand kilometers. And it, it was, like, like, written in sticks. And I thought it said, look, M. So I sat there for, like, a good couple minutes, like, trying to figure out why the trail says, look, M. And you could have figured it out. I just, I was, like, looking around the trail. Like, what Did am I looking at? Did you finally figure out that it said a thousand million yeah, yeah, yeah. or someone else had Finally, I was like, oh, shoot, it's a thousand kilometers. I don't, oh, I'm like, this is miles, not kilometers. Like, <laughs> I just, like, kept walking. But And I completely bypassed that sign. I didn't see it at all, which, like, I feel like I'm a very observant hiker. That <laughs> sign kind of blended in. I yeah. almost missed it, too. And then all of a sudden, I was like... These sticks are put in kind of a deliberate fashion. Maybe there's something to this. So it seems like you sometimes think more about things like that are on the trail, like present. Like wondering about the natural element. And 2%, you're like thinking completely outside the box. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty all over the place. It depends on the day. Depends on how I'm doing. Certainly when I'm more tired and uh, more dehydrated and it's more on the present. (laughs) More on how unhappy I am and uh, how deep, how much further I have to go until I get can get some water. It's usually only like in the really hot days in the middle of the day. Oh. You said how hard this is. Do you think this has been harder than you thought it would be, being your like first through hike? Oh yeah, it's definitely been harder than I thought it would be. I mean, it's definitely it gets easier as you go, but like that first week really really kicked my butt. It was definitely some difficult days. Did not not anticipate how much my body would react to hiking a bunch of miles every day in the desert i i knew in like a more bigger sense that it was going to be difficult but it's uh, it's one of those things until you're out there and doing it it's like wow yeah it's way harder than i thought it could be so probably probably the hardest thing i've done so far do you ever think like this isn't for me i'm gonna go home i'm done Uh, i definitely had a moment like that very early on it was like the first week and my ankles were just killing me it was right around uh, paradise cafe actually and i don't know i think the ankles just weren't reacting well to all the hiking and <clears throat> in the last like mile and a half it took me two hours pretty much to wow. get into paradise cafe and in my mind i was pretty much like i'm done like i can't do this anymore this what is stupid got you through it? well the burger at paradise cafe was pretty <laughs> awesome did you have the jose burger I don't even remember. I'm just like so happy burger. to be Did off my feet. Uh, oh, I so might have. There's like jalapenos, yeah. like guac. Uh, like, yeah, it was yeah. just delicious. I had a beer there. And then I just like got my feet up for a night and just said like, I don't know. I can't, can't stop right now. going to give it another go. And just like got back out hiking and it wasn't so bad. And things got better and I kept moving. So fortunately my ankles didn't fall off. Dude, it was that guy no. at the bar, right? The guy who was, like, super concerned about us. We've had this guy at the bar who was, like, you're hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, oh, right? This is at Paradise Cafe? Uh, well, no. like, in Idlewild. Okay. Yeah. So, like, that Idlewild night. Idlewild that night. Okay. And, and we're talking to him. So, we're, like, telling him about the trail, like, trying to just, like, fill him in. Like, oh, yeah. Like, we carry everything on our backs. Like, which that's a whole other section. But, like, he goes, how are you going to get across the 10? And we're, like. <laughs> highway 10. Like, highway yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. Super concerned. I mean, this already, oh, like, we were like, blowing this guy's he, mind like, with what we were doing. Yeah. Wow. So concerned. Like. I, and we're like, dude, there's got to be a bridge. He's like, 
there's no bridges on the 10. Like, how Anywhere. are you going to There's no way to get across. They're like, I don't know, man. People do it. So there's got to be a way. No, there's no bridges on the 10. So that's the one that we walked underneath, right? Yeah, 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 there's definitely a bridge. There's a bridge. Oh, you need to, like, invite this guy out. Oh, oh, yeah, that yeah. that would have been too help, much for him. So do you ever get concerned with this being your second through hike? Like that there's almost more pressure. Like, you know what it's like, you know, you know how hard it is, but like, do you ever get concerned? Like, what if I can't complete the second one? Oh yeah, for sure. Like I've had a lot of injuries on this one, a lot more than I had on my last one. So like with my feet and whatnot. So it's been really hard to be like, this didn't happen last time. What's going on? Like, why is this happening? I might not be able to hike anymore because like my feet are just like, and it wasn't just hurt, but like, I had, like, actual, like, arch pain and, like, Achilles tendon pain and stuff. Yeah. So it was really hard to just be, like, okay, pain could seriously, like, like I could just injure myself and, like, it's just a different trail, you know? And um, why do you, why do you think, like, you're having those injuries now? Why do you uh, think you're having those pains? I think I'm, like, a little, I, I think there was a little bit of, like, I definitely try to be humble and, like, I try not to talk about, like, oh, yeah, I do no trail, you know, whatever, like, but I think in some ways, like, coming into the trail, I was, like, I've done this before, like, it's not gonna be that bad. So I like didn't have hiking poles and I didn't have like, I didn't really worry about my footwear. I was like, I'm just going to wear the shoes that I've had. And like, it's not gonna be a big deal. Yeah. Instead of like kind of being like, okay, I'm about to walk a lot of miles each day. I'm going to get some trekking poles. I'm going to get some new shoes, like things like that. I think I just kind of overlooked and was like, oh yeah, I'll be fine. And then it, kind of came back to bite me a little bit you know yeah yeah and, and ironically you, saying, you don't have poles. well i was gonna say <laughs> yeah, ironically yeah, yeah. enough when uh just when rafiki got his poles uh i was got a hitch into hatchapi and left my poles in my hitch's car <gasps> yep. no so yeah i've been hiking with poles up until i left to hatchapi the past two days past two days have been kind of rough because yeah. all of a sudden yeah. it's like no poles and my body's not used to hiking without poles so it's hard i've been hurting a bit so i Hopefully, fingers crossed, have poles coming into Kennedy Meadows yep. in two days. So that's that's the plan. We'll see what so, happens. <laughs> the first day leaving the southern terminus, so I did nine miles, stopped, and, like, went to pull out my poles. And I pull out a pole and a half. What? <laughs> and, like, half of my pole is completely missing. Oh, my God. And I'm like, what? And I had my friend with me for the first three days, and she's like... Where's the other half of your pole? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. And the lock on it was completely loose. And mm-hmm. so basically, this couple comes walking by. And I'm like, did you guys see a half of a pole like a little ways back? And they were like, um, at the southern terminus, there was just oh, the no. bottom of a pole. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Nine miles back. And I was like, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I'm not. Like, no, absolutely not. But yeah, yeah so yeah. I completely like understand the hiking. Yeah. They like make or break the hike. They, they really they change things. They it's... seriously do. Well, I want to I want to thank you guys for your honesty and your openness and for uh, cramming into my two person tent. Yeah, it's may- maybe just starting to smell now. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're all baked in here. Yeah. How? So okay. So last question. Yeah. As you as our parting question, as the sun has set and we're going to bed, how would you describe what your smell smells like? Oh, it's silent. Oh, I don't know. Oh, it's silent because we're testing the smell. Dead sexy. It's for all the ladies. <laughs> Dead sexy from 2%. Okay. So like a mixture of like beach and sunset. <laughs> and some like oaky wood, you know, like a nice campfire. We're in the desert. I'm just kidding. We haven't had a campfire in like weeks. No, I don't know. It smells bad. <laughs> yeah, real bad. It's like, it's like, yeah, body odor pretty strong <laughs> like 
I don't, I want to say like skunk, but it's pretty bad. It's like pretty smelly. Well, I thank you. I don't think I have words for it. Truly. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but it's only like if I'm actually like sweating up a hill, though. Like otherwise, it's like I don't think I smell that. Yeah, bad. I probably don't smell. Just like yeah. you know. Do you guys ever do the like wet one? Before you go to bed. The what? The wet one. The what wet one. That? Like, wipe down your body with, like, a wet one. Oh, I don't no, care. No, wet wipes. No. There'll be none of that no, tonight. No, 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 this is ultralight. This yeah. is, this is you yeah, all. You, you know? yeah, we joke about you all a lot because I, I try to be and then I just like borrow their stuff all the time. Yeah, that's the real <laughs> UL way. Um, 2%, would you say you're fairly lightweight? Mm, no, not like <laughs> super lightweight. Definitely could be lighter. I have a few things I'm carrying. And I'm just like, I've got a towel. I haven't used it yet. But, Are we talking know, like, like full size towel? Were you playing? No, on it's not showering? a full size towel. It's like it's like a camp towel. Okay. I think it might be extra large size. Like a shamwell. Well. A little bit wow. bigger. But yeah, I don't know. I just like I bought all the stuff I thought I needed and my feeling right now is I've carried it this far. <laughs> so, you know. It's gonna stay with what's, you. What's another two thousand miles? Uh, I'm <laughs> but, like totally the opposite. I'm like yeah. if I've if it's been like if I've gone out of town and then come back into the next town and I haven't touched something, I'm like, I gotta send this home. It's not like you know. And then like a couple weeks later, I might be like, Oh, I need it for the you one need it night. Back. But, yeah, I got rid good. of three pounds in Julian, wow. and I still like dream about the things that I put in that container yeah. and like things that are, like my playing cards. I'm missing yep. playing cards. Well, sun has set, so I will let you guys get some sleep. But I am very, very, very appreciative of you guys letting me interview you. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely, my pleasure. Glad to talk. I have to say, I'm not sure why losing their hiker poles seems to be such a theme this year. Although if you are not sure if you are one of those people who loses stuff all the time, doing a thru-hike will definitely let you know. I like to think of myself as someone who has herself together, but on my most recent thru-hike I lost all my tent stakes, my cup, my trowel, my hat, my replacement hat, my sunglasses, my replacement sunglasses, and my water filter o-ring, and I probably lost something else, but it's not coming to mind. None of those things sparked joy anyways. <laughs> to wrap it up, thanks again to audible.com for supporting this episode. Remember that you can also support us by going to audible.com slash hikertalk. And until next week, this is Sounds of the Trail.